This is Life School Podcast, episode number 187, and today we're going to look at why Jesus didn't make disciples in a classroom or sitting in rows once a week. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Or, I don't know, maybe who knows what day people listen to this. Happy, happy. Happy, <laughs> happy day, day to you. Hey, are you, catching, are you catching the fall colors, man? Yeah. You know, as often as we talk about summer being in the air and how beautiful it is here, fall might be my favorite time of year in the Northwest. You know, I think everybody says that. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, loves fall. Oh, like, when I was a kid, trees. I didn't like fall because it meant, like, just buttloads of raking. Okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, now we have the air blowers. Yeah, I had air blower like model one. As soon as it, when I could get one, I was like, boom, done. Right. Oh, my kids! It, like I pull it out of the shed, and the kids are like, "Can I do it? Can I do it?" And I'm like, "Go for it." And and though I now, by God's grace, don't live in a house that has any leaks currently. Knock on yeah. wood. Right. Yeah, um, I, I used to be too fall was like rainy season in Tacoma, so I was like, Ugh, "Is the basement leaking?" You know. Oh, so yeah. So fall is now. My, f- yeah, I think you get I, it's not my favorite, but I love it equally. Okay, yeah. and a couple of years ago, man, uh, Tina and I drove around Pennsylvania when we were living in the city in, oh, in New sure. York. We drove through Pennsylvania, quite a nice little three four day thing yep. to do some things, meet some friends, and man, it was stunning. glorious, yeah. amazing. The yeah. whole Northeast. This is where they went out. Vermont, they do New Hampshire. And all Her trees places. are older. No, I don't know. We have some old trees. Around. Everything here's a pine tree, though. Evergreen, yeah, Evergreen State, the Emerald City. Yeah, <laughs> Caesar, I got to confess, man, something isn't working. More and I, more, I smell. I smelled. <laughs> you it. smell me leading into this uh, into the show. No, I smelled it. Okay, <laughs> but it, didn't. Hey, man, something isn't working. More and more, like we're seeing people leave the church either because they're not being discipled in the normal everyday aspects of life. Or, or for other reasons, but the current system of come, shut up, sit in silence, listen, we'll see you next week, is failing. We can't call it anything else. And if things don't change, we're going to be in some real serious trouble. I'm certain that this was not the model of Jesus, and I know that you are probably as well. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. And, and it's one thing to say, like, well, you know, like, because Jesus didn't do it, it, it must not be for us. Like, well, Jesus never wore, like lace up leather shoes so therefore yeah. we shouldn't it's not it's not one of those issues i think in the eternal we talk about it a lot on the show it, god's eternal plan to fill the world with his own glory and like the angels long to look into it paul calls it the mystery reveal like god's going to fill the earth with his glory through humans yeah yeah as as god transforms us and then now his own spirit dwells in us and we make disciples and make disciples that's what he's accomplishing wow mind blowing so then we see well how did jesus accomplish that and it wasn't, it was so life on life. It yeah. just, it wasn't like a class. It wasn't like Jesus had 12 classes, you know, and they got them done in an hour, you know, each, yeah. right? Or when he was done with them in three years, there was nothing else that possibly could be taught. In fact, he even said the opposite, didn't he? He says, yeah. there's so much more I could tell you, but you couldn't handle it. I love <laughs> it, right? You couldn't handle the truth. Even the way that he called people in a relationship at the beginning, come follow me. It wasn't like, come follow me and sit through my 12-step seminar and then I'm going to give you another seminar. I do that. Up. I have, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're ten like, Come see how life is. Yeah. Like, come live with me. Eat with me. Walk with me. Absolutely. And I and there there is a reason 
for that. Sure. And there's a pattern to that as well. And I think it bears looking deeply into. I really do. And we talk about discipleship a lot on Life School. Um, and that's because that's what we're called to do. It's part of our identity. We say we're a family of missionary servants. Yep. Now sent as disciples of Jesus, the King of Kings, to make more disciples of Jesus. Yeah. So we get to go out and be his hands and feet. We get to be him. Yeah. That's not in overstating it to say we now get to be him. He says, as I am in the Father and you are in me, we'd be one. Yeah. That we'd all be in the Father. We'd all be the same. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you and I are, are similar in certain aspects. We've both worked in the church. Uh, we've both practiced making disciples intentionally in our lives. Uh, we've both mm-hmm. been on both sides of this aisle. Maybe you could share a story one from each side of this aisle, and fill us into how this story ended up even in your own life. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you like the meta story, like, and, and I think a lot of people are going to uh, be able to relate to this. Think, think about someone in your life that you, either you've led to the Lord, and maybe, you know, kind of old schooly, where like, you know, you, you, you led them in a prayer, and that's still an okay thing to do, but I don't think it's the only thing that, that needs to happen or to sure. ensure salvation is you said a prayer, you know, or something. But like someone comes to faith in, in Jesus, and then now you think, okay, what do I do with them now? Well, I got to give them to church. And so you start inviting that person, you start inviting that person to this, maybe men's retreat or a women's retreat, if they're, you know, a man or a woman. Sure. <laughs> Go to the, right, it's important, right? Invite men to men's retreats and women to women's. Um, and then, you know, they're not coming. They're a little busy. They're, you know, you're trying to get them to stuff. You're trying to get them over to the small group. You're trying to get them into a Bible study. And, and it's just, it's like pulling teeth because yeah. what they signed up for was sort of some hell relief or momentary joy because, you know, maybe they're going through divorce or sure. sickness or whatever. Um, they're tr- they're and, and, and truth be known, maybe the, the gospel presentation, at least from their hearing, seemed primarily focused on the afterlife. Yeah. So now to try to, like, uh, you know, uproot and displant this life in their rhythms and getting to come to a bunch of new stuff, um, they're like, that's tough, man. It's tough yeah. sled. Now compare and contrast that, and some people have never done this yet, but to that person, that friend, that neighbor who you start building relationships with, you start building trust. I always say that the kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationship and the gospel moves along the lines of trust. And little by little, they're starting to walk in the ways of Jesus with you. Remember, Mm -hmm. that's what he said, by the way, in John 8, if you'll walk in my ways and be my disciple, then you'll come to know the truth and you'll start to be set free. He says, and that truth will set you free. And we tend to think meta, you know, like, oh, set free, I'll go to heaven. You know, back to the sort of one size fits all gospel. But it's like, hmm. Um, no, what Jesus is saying is as people see your life and build relationship and they walk in my ways with you, they'll, in every area of life, they'll start to get set free Hmm. and, and, and like in their generosity and their understanding of their sexuality in their parenting and how they view money and resource and hard work or not hard work, all those things. And that person is now part of your family and that person's starting to get to know your community and they're starting to build trust there. And there's, there's, they're moving from death to life. Sure. When they finally realize, okay, it's it's all about Jesus, and it, He's the one. He's the one who's provided this life, and and it's and it's walking in His ways and accepting and believing the truth of who He is and what He's done on the cross on our behalf. That's setting me free. I have to tell people about that. I, yeah. Who who else gets to come and hear the story of God with us? And who could I invite my sister like next weekend when we're out serving? Because she loves to help, but she, she there's no purpose behind it other than to feel better. It's like sure. altruistic for her. It's such a Compare and contrast discipleship that leads a person to faith in Christ and sets them free yep. little by little in every area of life compared to the person that, like, in some point of crisis, says the magic Jesus in their heart prayer, and now we start begging them to church. Sure. And then even looking at statistics, man, from 
like the biggest evangelistic crusades that have happened in our lifetime and maybe in the last decades. Okay. Uh, uh, like, what is it, a half of like 1% or something of those people five years later are even going to a yeah, church? It's, not, it's almost nothing. It's yeah. infinitesimal. It's just so small, right? But as people become part of your family, living with you, and you treat them like a brother, you treat them like a sister, and you bear with them. Sure, it, it, community is, is it's porous, we like to say. you know, sure. Like people come and go, and they do move in and out. But calling people to a life with you, completely different. Yep. And, and what they think the church means, you know, is, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus is very different than the person yeah. that was, quote, discipled by just sitting in pews, and maybe they had an eight, if, if the church even offered it, like an eight or ten week course. Or something, hmm. right? You know, I, one of the things I've been thinking about is, like, when we talk about discipleship being the process of moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life, mm-hmm. That was similar to Jesus' approach as well. Like, we don't see him only providing spiritual healing, but the ability to create an environment where all of life was being matured to belief, right? And actually lots of environments. Yeah. Think about it, because it was... Numerous. It was all of life. Yeah. It wasn't just one specific... Like, Like if we tried to model and say, well, you have to do it in a house that's packed with people, and you have to dig a hole in the roof and come, you know, lower yourself down. That's how disciples... No. Sometimes, how about by a well? How about during a wedding? How about on a hilltop? How about in, in in the temple? How about, you know, yeah. Yeah, why don't we take a few minutes and you walk us through some insights of different environments that Jesus created throughout his ministry? Love to. And I'm going to move kind of quick because there's eight or nine of these that I think are key for us to understand. Okay. And so I'm, I'm going to be kind of moving fast, but I, I really want your you know feedback on this, okay? So let's set the table by saying for Jesus, discipleship was never a series of curriculum or you know, a certain number of classes that people, you know, his disciples had to attend, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Today, those kind of things may teach us some of the things that Jesus taught, yep. like from an intellectual standpoint, but they don't create an experience where, where people learn to obey all that he commanded and trust him in every area of life hmm. Remember, and believe what's true about him and then their identity in every area of life. Sure. Back to our definition you're, you just gave it of discipleship. So a gospel-centered community living together on Jesus' mission is like the, it's the big context for discipleship life on life life in community life on mission hmm. if you want to if you want a mature disciple you have to have all three it's just never going to happen sitting in a classroom you can't you can't see a person's life not enough yeah. normal stuff comes up sitting in a classroom yeah you it can just fake won't, it for long enough right? too yeah discipleship's an all of life apprenticeship led by jesus himself and that that was how he did it but it's still that way because we have his spirit hmm. discipleship's an all of life apprenticeship that he leads so in order to make disciples of Jesus, who in turn know how to make more disciples of Jesus, I think it's I think it's important to pay close attention to the experience and the environments that Jesus provided his disciples and worked and spoke and taught and ate in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's critical to, critical to keep in mind that all discipleship must be these these things. Okay. okay. First one, baseline, spirit led. Okay. Which is <laughs> I mean, even I, that you go like it's not systems led. Yeah, these are all going to be like, duh, you know. <laughs> Yet right? contrary. It's, yeah, it's not class led. It's not event led. It's yeah. not service time led. And get out of here because we need the parking lot. Yeah. You know, it's like it's spirit led. Discipleship's the process, like you said, of moving from unbelief to belief concerning what's true of God and now us in every area of life. And it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to the Father mm-hmm. in the first place. So when you have a, a neighbor leaning in to relationship yeah. and spiritual discussions in life. That's the Father drawing them. That's hmm. the Holy Spirit at work right there, reminding us of truth and transforming us, transforming us into God's family of missionary servants. So it's the Spirit's works. The Spirit 
The Holy Spirit of God, his own spirit, is the primary discipler of people. Hmm. If you get nothing from that one, know that. And we see Jesus doing that too, right? He doesn't start his ministry until the Spirit falls on him. He's then led by the Spirit here. Over and over in Scripture, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit. He was empowered by the Spirit, full of the Spirit's power. Jesus did this. Yeah. I, only, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only yep. say what I heard him say. So we'll never make disciples, mature disciples, apart from being in submission to and in partnership with the Holy Spirit, okay? Hmm. So, you know, ask yourself, what would it look like to disciple others with greater submission to and dependence in the Holy Spirit? It's good, man. It's a great question. To like, be and without it, it's like my best guess and hard effort and making someone probably more like me spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that's why it's first, okay? okay. Uh next and I and equally as important is the 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 discipleship in the environment experience needs to be just gospel saturated, just soaked in the good news. We talk a lot about gospel fluency. Hmm. And that's that's it has to happen. And you can't, you know, <laughs> you you it's not Bible full of Bible, it's full of the gospel. Yeah. In the New Testament, we often see Jesus leading his disciples to reflect and apply truth based on their experience. And in the course of everyday events and conversations, he showed them how being you know, a part of his kingdom gives a whole new perspective on all of life and their mm. identity and who dad is. It changed everything. So the gospel, the good news about who God is and what he's done in and through Christ and, and what's now true of us and how we get to live, that's got to permeate the discipleship environment. Okay, it's the good news, not just for your afterlives. It's the good news for every area of life. And the gospel answers every problem. It changes fear to faith. Yep. It gives us the motivation to submit all of our life to the Lordship of Jesus. And let's be honest, we don't start there. Yeah. <laughs> and some of us still have little areas. I do. I'm raising my hand right now. Me too. Uh, areas where it's like, mm, I think I'm still Lord in that area. But in him alone, we find our security, our significance, our approval, our joy, our satisfaction. Yeah. So. The discipleship environment's got to be gospel saturated, not saturated in like verses sure. being quoted, but, and that's okay, but that's the different, okay? So ask yourself, do casual conversations in your community and in life with others often go to the gospel? You know, how could you help saturate the discipleship environment that you're living in with the gospel and help others grow in their gospel fluency as well? Hmm. It's important, man. So important, man. I'm already getting rocked by this stuff, like... <laughs> Conviction falls, yeah. <laughs> right? But it seems it's it's very obvious. Now, yeah. there again, this isn't to throw stones, but but think about how gospel saturated can conversation be sitting in rows in silent in a service. Well, it's not conversation exactly. <laughs> so we got a problem there, right? Or how many experiences of life? Like, hey, I noticed while you were sitting in silence, four rows behind me, yeah, that yeah. you were actually fearing. What's going to happen at work on Monday? You know, yeah. like, let's Doesn't talk work. about, yeah, it, it's, it's silly. It's so limited. Yeah. Yep. So as, you know, so let, let's go to the next one. Um, discipleship environment has to be community based. Okay. Okay. Jesus, that's how he did it. <laughs> he was Jesus. He is Jesus. He's God. And he didn't do it on, in one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Right. Yep. He himself embodied all truth. And yet he chose to call a very diverse group of people to live with him, follow him, be a community, live like a family. Yeah. And the disciples learned an extraordinary amount from watching and listening to Jesus. And then they talked and they questioned and then they lived out what they learned. And sometimes their mommy went to talk to Jesus about getting them a better position. <laughs> but none of us are perfectly Jesus on our own. So it takes a spirit-led community as his body to represent him and function fully as his body. 
right? Mm. So if you hung out with me, man, like you're a new believer or you're just a neighbor hanging out and you're checking out these, you know, what, what it looks like to be a Christian, to be a Jesus disciple, and you only hung out with me and we got together, let's say even if we got together frequently, but you sure. only hung out with me, who are you going to most resemble spiritually in like, uh, say, a year or two? Me. Yeah, you. Yeah. Of course. But we're not making disciples of Caesar or Heath. We're making disciples of Jesus. Yeah. And so none of us are the body alone. We need each other. We need each other's gifts, experiences, our perspectives that God's given us to draw us into a deeper understanding of the gospel. So things like love and compassion and sacrifice and generosity, they're way more likely to be integrated into a person's life and belief in the context of relationship and community. So yep. ask yourself, does everyone in community see themselves as as vital to mm -hmm. everyone else's discipleship process? Or is it like, you're the group leader, so really you're, you're, you're the teacher. Like, yep. take that off. Like, Jesus was a teacher. He is a teacher. We get to teach. We're all needed for dis mature disciples to be made. Beautiful, man. Just beautiful. Okay. Now, even though it takes a community, the next aspect of the environment is discipleship should be individually tailored. Like, though we, though we most often find Jesus spending time with his disciples in community, sometimes as, you know, just threes and but usually twelves, right? We also see him speaking specifically into the lives of individual followers at different times and in unique ways. Hmm. Right? You can think of different conversations he has one-on-one. Sure. -on -one. That's because everybody lives, you know, in their own heart and where they're at and their own experience. And we're not all at the exact same place in yep. our unbelief and experiences and fears and all that. So in addition to the need for a consistent and dynamic group environment, community life, discipleship must also have a personal nature as well. Every, every individual in your community has different needs and challenges and spiritual gifts. So their discipleship is going to require personalized attention in addition to the things they do and learn together. Now mm -hmm. you can see why that doesn't happen a lot because sure. it'd just be easier to go like everybody goes through 101 and then the 201 it's a one class. size fits all approach, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's easier to teach than to say, oh, you know what? When we were hanging out the other day, Heath, uh, I was just thinking back through some conversations we were having and yeah. then I, I was I overheard a conversation you were having with Kathleen. Yeah. I just want to talk to you a little bit about what you might be believing or not believing right sure. now. No, that's, whoa, that's scary, right? Yeah. But that's personalized attention to what's going on. Yep. Sanctification, man. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So in the same way that parents view the development of each of their children individually, and if you're a parent, you know, like they're, <laughs> they come from the same two parents and yet they're so completely different. Discipleship's the same way. It must also focus on the unique needs of every person. So ask yourself, is, is someone in your community giving regular and personal care and attention to each member of the community based on their needs and their personality and whatever unbelief they're currently faced with hmm. all that. That's good, man. All right, next one. Pretty different, right? Very different. Okay, so discipleship environment also needs to be um, holistic, hmm. not, not just focused on, like, say, Bible literacy or sure. just focused on stop sinning or whatever. So it's obvious from the teaching and experiences we can see of Jesus that he had with his disciple that he was committed to developing them completely, like holistically. Hmm. He desired for them to bring every areas of their life under his kingdom rule and reign to be affected by the good news of life in the kingdom. Sure. So discipleship then must involve caring for the whole life of a person. Every part of our life needs the gospel, not just the spiritual things like you know, Bible study or, or having prayer time or dealing with sin, like, ooh, going to go there. How we <laughs> steward our time, our jobs, our money, relationships, entertainment, our health, our body, all of that must be transformed 
by the gospel for God's glory. Hmm. So, you know, like we are so much quicker to address like, like, did you learn the verse or did you finish your study or like a sin issue than we are like, let's say someone's health or like step into someone's marriage. I've actually had people, you know, tell me as elders, I would never directly go after an issue in someone's marriage. That's their personal business. I'm like, whoa, what? So crazy. What? Like literal true story. Right. And other like, or I'll say like, yeah, as the pastor here, um, I never want to know what anybody gives. Wait a minute. Are you making disciples? How how could you possibly then d- speak into what yeah. they believe about provision and who's the ultimate provider and generosity and sure you know whose stuff Jeez, it is man. all that you, you get to you have to yeah. so ask yourself what areas of discipleship and all of life quote unquote care do we need to give greater attention to in our communities? Hmm. How can you begin to disciple one another more holistically? In other words, yeah. Okay. Next, discipleship needs to be frequent and long-term. Okay. Okay. And by the way, I get a whole lot of these yeah. from a really good brother and friend of mine, Todd Moore. Who, oh, yeah, Todd. Yeah, yeah, who is like, you know, he spent time thinking about all this and caps- encapsulated a whole lot of this thinking, so I really yeah. I want to thank him for that. But frequent and long-term. Think about it. Jesus invested three years of his life into his disciples before he sent them out hmm. and then, you know, sent them out to minister and lead on their own. Now, during that time, he spent an incredible amount of time with them. Right. I did the math once. I think about, okay, Jesus lived with his disciples kind of full time for three years. Take out sleeping, take out X amount of time. And Jesus maybe was away with, you know, alone with the father. And I I can't remember. I think I came up with something like 90,000 hours. You could do the math yourself out there, you know, (laughs) in calculator land. But I think it was something like 90,000 hours. And I started thinking like, wait a minute, 90,000 hours. (laughs) That's how much time Jesus spent with his disciple disciples super frequent and super long term hmm. and i started thinking like wait a minute we've got like an hour and a half on sunday with people yeah um let's let's say we call that discipleship too yeah. got an hour and a half a week let's say we're rocking so there's another hour on wednesday and because we are shredding the discipleship thing as a church we also get together for an hour every single saturday Whoa. If, you, if you add all that up it's still going to take something like 83 years or 90 like 180 years or i can't remember what the numbers are now <laughs> to get to that so, number yeah. yeah so that you know it's just no wonder we're not seeing you know people say like how come we don't see disciples that are changing the world like jesus did he said we're going to do everything he did and even greater things yeah. well Maybe because we're not really discipling in the ways. Exactly, man. Right. So, you know, think about how much time he invested. And and often with all 12, but sometimes with a few, occasionally one-to-one, life together with Jesus was not just a weekly meeting. Hmm. Okay? Discipleship's not fast. Yep. It's just not. It takes time. Like It's like raising a kid. Uh, We often use, Tina and I, this metaphor of discipleship is kind of like the reparenting of people and culture. Hmm. It really is. It's a healthy way of looking at it. Yeah. So it's not fast. takes a lot of time. takes a lot of you. We have say that, like, you won't make a fully formed, mature disciple unless you give all of yourself away. Yep. Kind of like with kids. We must be, you know, with people that we're discipling frequently, like life on life, like a family, not yep. once a week, and expect to walk with them for, for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. we're not getting to do all day, every day like Jesus did because of jobs and previous commitments and all that. So... Yeah. Like you never imagine that you could parent a child in a couple hours a week and expect them to be healthy and mature to adults. Sure. <laughs> you know, like someone comes to Tina and I and they say, wow, your kids, by, you know, they've turned out great. Yeah. You know, by God's grace. That's true. Right. How did you how did you raise your kids to like love God and people? And they're, they're so fun and generous. And, you know, how'd you do that? Well, and Tina would say, well, we, uh, you know, once a week on the weekend, usually on Sunday mornings, we would set up some chairs in the living room. 
and put them in a little rows. Talk for an hour. Yeah, yeah, and then Dad would stand up front and he'd talk for about an hour. We'd sit quietly, take take a few notes. Every yeah. once in a while, we'd fill in some blanks, fill fill in the three blanks, and then we'd say, "See you next week, kids." That's how we did it. <laughs> It's yeah, goofy. Right. It's, yeah, goofy, it's goofy, right? So ask yourself, are we spending enough time together in community mm-hmm. as as a church, as the people of God, seeing and experiencing life as a community to the point that true life change could actually happen? Mm-hmm. Okay. So next, boy, we're rolling here. Um, discipleship also has to be modeled and experienced. You're right. You can't just talk about it, but it has to be modeled and it's experiential. Most of the time Jesus spent with his disciples was in normal life rhythms as they ate and traveled and taught and served and healed and all that stuff. While there were times when he taught in more formal settings, there's a few we can point to, sure. right? It was his consistent example of love and generosity and encouragement and like prayer as like conversation that probably, I'm going to guess, had the greatest impact on their lives. Hmm. Jesus modeled the lives that he wanted to give his disciples and wanted them to go and live and then produce more people that knew how to do that. Okay, so ask yourself, do those in your community have access to every area of your life so they can experience and see the gospel at work? Yeah. Are you letting your redemption show? <laughs> like, is God's working on you? Do they see that? And, and you say, like, here's how he's changing me. Here's, here's how I'm moving from unbelief to, in this area to belief. He's mm. good. He's God. He's gracious. So how can we encourage others in our community to live out more of what they see modeled in our lives? That's well, a great question. It's going to start with them seeing it, right? Yep. Next, discipleship must be both organized and organic. So what do I mean by that? Well, there again, we'll go back to Jesus. He often spent times teaching, like, say, at the temple. He said he would do that every day. And at synagogues, which were like local outposts, sure. a local church of the Jews. Uh, and he regularly participated in all the annual feasts and tradition. See, that's organized stuff. It came, it was on a calendar. It happened every week. It mm-hmm. happened every year. But he also trained his, his, his disciples, his followers, in the moments that occurred along the road. Yep. At a casual meal, boom, something just popped up. Someone came up to them and asked a question. They have an encounter with somebody in, in a tree or, you know, at a well or sure. whatever. Um, the discipleship of model that Jesus employed included both organized activities, stuff that's going on, yep, like in the temple, like we said, or, you know, the regular feasts, and a lot of organic opportunities, things mm-hmm. that came up, just like our natural family. Yep. A healthy family contains both those elements. We need, we need to nurture our extended families the same way, both organized few really just a few organized things and then lots of organic stuff that happens life on life and community okay so healthy community will include planned out events and recurring activity but it's also filled with lots of spontaneous stuff and unplanned opportunities throughout the week if you'll let it if you if you'll provide for that to happen so is your church is your missional community only doing organized things you know like event to event well if it is it'll probably grow stale and be pretty unfulfilling. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, if you're if your group's only interested in the organic sort of unplanned hanging out together, well, it'll probably rarely be on mission and not making mature disciples. Sure. If it's just all like whatever, man. I don't know why we have to ever do the same thing twice or plan out anything. Yeah, you know, exactly. Right. So ask yourself, which do you most naturally prefer, organized events or organic interactions? Hmm. And then how could you begin to grow? To have both of those in balance. Okay. And then the last thing here in Jesus discipleship environment is that it was, it was, it was very often others focused. Hmm. 
Jesus placed a high value on service and being out with people, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news to those who were not yet his followers, especially people with great need. We just talked about the 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 you know the command to love mercy and do justice. Yep, back on one eighty five. Yeah, right. So go back if you didn't hear that epi- episode. What an episode! Yeah, yeah r- really went deep into that. So Jesus was consistently exposing his disciples to different kinds of people in all kinds of places, and they all had different needs and yep. fears, and even ethnicities and religions. And he often placed the disciples in situations where they could learn to love and serve the least by serving alongside him. Hmm. Okay, so I, I what I found, man, is our spiritual growth is often more significant when we serve others outside of our own, like close circle of friends and sure. family, people who are really in great need, and it's very important for those things to be practiced frequently so they become part of our lifestyle. Yeah. So, ask yourself, how can you make mission-minded service, so disciple-making-minded service, a larger part of your church or missional community's life? What can you begin to do weekly or monthly? as a service to those in need around you. So again, I just want to thank Todd for some of that. Todd Moore, great yeah, brother dude. and a smart guy who lives this stuff out. Man, thank you. That has provided a lot of clarity in different avenues that yeah. we've not delved into before, but these environments are really important and moving forward. We'd love to give people uh, an opportunity to uh, engage at one of the ways that we do allow you to engage that is by downloading the big three for this week. And you can get that for free by going to one, two, three lifeschool.com forward slash episode one eighty seven. And, and this week too, man, because that was so much so yeah, fast. A lot of I'm going to give you the big three right now. If you go and get that download, yep. you'll also, I'll attach all eight or nine of those areas and they're flushed out even a little bit deeper for free. Yeah. And a, a yeah. bunch of scripture that goes with it too. Perfect. So yeah, you'll get a huge You'll get a huge download for that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 187. All right. Caesar, big three. All right. First one, discipleship was never meant to be a series of classes that one just sits through. Hmm. Okay. Discipleship's the process of moving from unbelief to belief in who God is, what he's done in and through Christ, and how that speaks into your identity and your true value and how you get to live all of life now on this side of heaven. So please see discipleship as that. Yeah not just a series of classes. Second, God loves you just as you are, okay, with no reservation. Hmm. But he loves you so much that he won't leave you where you're at. That's why the command is go make disciples. Become like Jesus. He wants nothing less than to conform you and I to the beautiful likeness of his son, Jesus. Hmm. And Jesus desires that you would have a relationship just as close as he has with his Father in heaven. Yeah. Right. Think John 17, where he talks about my prayers, not for you alone. He's talking to his disciples. But he says, but also I pray for those who believe when they hear from the other disciples, right? Yeah. That, that, that all of us may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Okay. And then the third, begin to see all of life as an opportunity for discipleship hmm. for yourself and others. Like we like to say, we're always in discipleship mode. Yeah. We just are. Yep. Serving people, bearing with those different than you, living outside of your normal comfort zones and preferences will begin to illuminate the areas of your life and those you're you know, making disciples of and amongst where it's going to illuminate where you're still living in unbelief or selfishness or pride still exists. So think, think this way, gospel-centered community living together on God's mission. That's the discipleship environment, life on life, life in community, life on mission. It's a lot. <laughs> that today. is a fire hose yeah. of information. That's <laughs> a lot today. Woo! There you go. And now your workout's done. You've arrived at work, and your head is spinning. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can get the download for this week's big three takeaways by going to one two three lifeschool dot com forward slash episode one eighty seven. 
if you haven't yet left us a review on iTunes, jump over there. Please do that. We'll give you a shout out on the Love show Love us here. up. Hey, next week, we're talking with special guest and really well-known author, respected author, Bill Hole. Yeah. I bet a lot of people read Bill. Oh, he's amazing, man. And we're going to talk to him about whether or not it's possible to actually have true conversion experience without discipleship. Yeah, that's going to going to go deep on that one. I hope everybody will check that one out. Yeah, me too. See you next week for that one. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.